All right, it is first and moose recap of week six with Connor, Patrick, and Manny. And also, we're going to do our, our biggest surprises thus far in this season. There definitely have been some surprises, but we'll, we'll keep those in the bag before we get to them. I thought we could start with uh, a pretty interesting game in the, the Patriots versus Cowboys. And the, the Patriots seem at this point where, I don't know, I guess a bunch of moral victories, but moral victories don't get you to the playoffs. you got to start winning games. Now Now sitting at two and four, it, it doesn't look great. They, look, they just can't finish out some things. I know there's some interesting uh, calls. Plenty of Cowboys fans were complaining, like always. But I want to talk about what do you guys think the, the ceiling for this Cowboys team is after six weeks of, of football? I feel like we've seen enough. At least we think we've seen enough to be able to maybe tell what the ceiling is for the Cowboys team. Yeah, I think I think they're right in there in that discussion with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I know the Cardinals haven't lost a game yet, but um, other than going up against the reigning uh, defending Super Bowl champions, the Cowboys should probably should be undefeated, just like the just like the Cardinals. So I put them in that same mix those uh, same expectations as the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals might be in a more difficult division and it might be more trickier when they play like those type of teams. Um, But the Cowboys can't do anything about that. And just from what we've seen offensively, it seems like they could do, they could beat you in many sort of ways. That could do it for over 50 times like you did against the Bucs or Zeke and Tony Pollard could run it a bunch like they did against the Giants and other teams prior. So I like what they're doing offensively and <clears throat> staying on that, like comparing those two teams. I think I'm at this point, I might take um, the Cowboys defense just over the corners, just barely because of the, um, the emergence of Trevon Diggs and how they could turn the ball over uh, a lot just, just from him and nobody else has really stopped up yet. So I look for them to improve in that area and, I don't know, just I think those two teams are definitely the top two teams, probably in the NFL overall. Uh, I mean, I guess, the I mean, as an Eagles fan, obviously, I don't want the Cowboys to succeed. But at the same time, they played a very good game against the Patriots. I think they had some they had some penalty issues. I think it was like 12, 12 for 115 yards, which is never a good number. But I feel like they played, other than that, really, like maybe in third downs, so they weren't the greatest. I'd say they played a pretty good game against, again, like you talked about, Manny, the emergence of Trayvon Diggs this season has been a wonder for that Cowboys defense. You talk about Micah Parsons as well, who was the first-round pick of the Cowboys this year. And, I mean, we all knew he was going to be a special player coming out of college. We saw him those two seasons at Penn State. We all knew he was going to be a very dominant player. But I think he's exceeded even those high expectations so far this season. And he's really played incredibly well. And, you know, he might be up there for defensive rookie of the year, you know, potentially just because he's played that well. I think that offense also still looks really good. Uh, Dak's playing all right. Zeke and Tony Pollard is probably one of the best running back duos in the entire NFL, maybe second or third to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think those wide receivers as well, Amari Cooper is still, you know, he's he's pretty much getting out of his prime and getting a little bit older, but he's still a very capable wide receiver, able to draw pressure from other cornerbacks and try to get other people open. C.D. Lamb, I mean, he is the wide receiver of the future for the Cowboys. And he, I mean, he proves it every week that his draft pick, 
was very was you know it was warranted he's a very good player and i think as this, as the you know next couple of years ago on, go on he's going to have more game experience and he's going to get better and he's going to learn you know what works for him and i feel like he's going to be you know, one of the top wide receivers in the entire NFL and maybe a year, two years from now. So I think the future is bright for the Cowboys, but at the same time, they still have to, they're going to have to replace that offensive line, which was one of the best in the entire NFL a couple of years ago, but it's slowly starting to get older and you might need to, you know, the last couple of traffics they've had for offensive linemen haven't exactly panned out. So you need to start drafting better offensive. You need to start. You need to start drafting more offensive linemen to replace. You know that star. That star O line, the D line without Demarcus Lawrence is, it's okay. But I wouldn't say it. I would say it's good, but not great. That was one of the the biggest things going into the season was was questioning that defense. I believe most people thought the offense could be elite, but just depending how elite they could be, because it seems like. I mean, they have all the pieces. They have the QB, the wide receivers, a pretty good tight end, a, a solid O-line for the most part. And then they've got uh, two running back options now with even Tony Pollard. But the, the defense is what I still kind of worry about most. They're still giving up, allowing 24 points per game. And I know that the offense can, can keep up with, with any team in, in the NFL, but it is it's going to be a question of – what can the the defense do if they can step up? And if honestly, if Mike McCarthy can do some some better game calling in certain situations, I I think sadly this this Cowboys team, as I don't think anyone likes to say, is is a Super Bowl contender. But we we can move on. Ravens Chargers. Wow, that was not what I expected. Ravens defense played great, and Lamar Jackson is currently one of the best playing QBs right now. And I also didn't expect that this year. How are we feeling about the Ravens? How do we feel about this game? Was, was there anything big takeaways or is it kind of just like a random game or oh, just a random beat down? Um, I think the biggest thing I took away from it, other than, again, just probably being as surprised as both of you is that the Ravens, other than them being five and one with all the injuries and setbacks that they had at the beginning of the year, I don't think anybody said that they were going to be at this point in the season. But, um, yeah, other than that, it's the fact that how rough or how just inconsistent the Chargers looked offensively. It just – every time, every third down, it seemed like at one point you just assumed that the Ravens were going to stop them. It just – Justin Herbert just didn't seem to be on his game, didn't seem as sharp as he was um, the games previously. And, again, like he played so well before, it's hard to compare them when – going up against the Ravens defense that I think just had one injury and Marcus Peters wasn't so riddled like the offense was, but even still, you'd expect him to put up more than just six points, having Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, who's been one of the top running backs this year statistically. Um, Just to put up six points, I guess, if you're a Chargers fan, it is concerning. But again, you're still four and two. Um, You're still in a good place in the division, so... If you're a Chargers fan or just in that organization, I think you try and look past this as quick as possible. It was a road game. They had to go across the country to Baltimore. That also plays into it. Um, they probably just didn't weren't as focused as they would be. And, and it is tough going across the country, like I said. So, I don't know. You just got to put it past it and just look forward to the, to the next game just because you can't let something like this riddle you 
um, being in first or second place in that division that ha that hasn't been a good spot because the Chiefs still sit in last and they were the biggest threat to them. So yeah, just look past it and they just forget about it as quick as possible. Yeah, I was kind of shocked about the Chargers not playing that well. We've seen them play incredibly well so far this season. I think Brandon Staley is one of the best young coaches in the entire NFL and certainly one of the best first-year head coaches we've seen in the last couple of seasons. So I think the Chargers are in the right direction. I knew coming into this season, you know, the Chargers were an underrated team. We've talked about it over and over. The Chargers have been that team that was – always there they were always like in the wild card they just made it into the playoffs but they couldn't get over that hump I think this team can get over the hump this season but at the same time when you have games like that it does pose a little bit of a concern to say you know if this team can get shut down but you know the Ravens defense is pretty is really good we have to give that to him but with the way the Chargers have been playing offensively so far this season it was pretty shocking to see them you know put up only like 26 yards on the ground and you know probably like 200 something passing yards it's it is concerning but again like Manny talked about it's one game it's early you know the Ravens are probably going to be you know maybe your one or two seed with how they're playing so we'll, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening at the end of the season, but the Chargers are still in there. They have the talent. Brandon Staley's doing great as a head coach so far. And I think, you know, as you know, hopefully they're able to lock up, you know, those, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike, Mike Williams and potentially add even more offensive weapons, you know, to the, to, you know, how many they already have. I'd say the biggest thing is they need to work on that defense because, you know, they got, unfortunately they got bullied by the Ravens offense by the Ravens offensive line. They really couldn't get anything going. You know, they were able to stop Lamar Jackson from getting, you know, getting off his deep passes. But other than that, they struggled all afternoon. And it is it is concerning. You know, you have Joey Bosa, who is your, you know, one of the older, not older players on that, de on that defense. He's only going to decline as he gets older. So you need to start looking at drafting, you know, other players who are going to be able to take over Bosa's spot and also adding to that defensive line as well, because it is good. But at the same time, you can always add more pieces to that defense and really the offense. So I'm not too worried about the Chargers. Uh, I think this week was, you know, a blip. It happens. Every team kind of, you know, every team has their week where they just don't look like themselves. They'll come back next week. They're fine. I think the Ravens, yeah, definitely. I think they're, they could probably get a bye in this year's uh, playoffs. They just look incredible at offense. Lamar Jackson, I mean, he, he further proves everyone that said he should have been a, a running back or a wide receiver coming into the draft. I mean, he has the most wins of any quarterback before the age of 25 now with this uh, win against the Chargers. So he, I mean, he just keeps winning and winning and winning. And it, I mean, he has a good organization around them. So I expect them to only get better. I think the biggest thing is they just got to find some, they got to find some offensive weapons. Cause when you have an aging running back core, like you have with Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, you're 20, Hey, your old fantasy teams would have loved that three headed monster, but you need to, you need to have someone who's capable. JK Dobbins is good, but he has gotten injured and in he has gotten injured a couple of times in the past. So he isn't exactly, you know, healthy in a sense and running backs, you know, their shelf life, I mean, their shelf life is not too long at all. So you need to find someone who's going to be your franchise running back, a Saquon Barkley, a C Christian McCaffrey. You need to find that because you need them to go, you know, 
five, 10 years at the most. You can't have quarter, you can't have running backs that just come in, come in, come out, come in, come out. It's never going to work. And, you know, with a running back core like that, they're going to be probably out after this season or next season. And, and on the Chargers side, I mean, it's okay if they're they're not title contenders this year. I mean, that's not anyone's expectations. I think they've they have been a little bit underrated and they've they've made a jump and that's all we really want to see from them. I think next year and then especially next year after that you expect them to be in contention at the highest level but this year I think a playoff team is is good and that's uh rising above some people's expectations this year another game that was drastically different than I expected which really the the two games that I was most looking forward to yesterday was Ravens Chargers and Cardinals Browns and both those games kind of weren't fun from the get-go they were just bad immediately they were they were blowouts no head coach for the cardinals no chandler jones for the cardinals that being said though there's plenty of injuries on the brown side should the i guess how well do we think this browns team can do without a nick chubb kareem hunt i think that's it seems like it's going to be an issue it's pretty much their identity and I don't know how long each will be out, but I, I have some scary thoughts if they can't return return quickly. Yeah, I think um, I saw today that uh, Kareem Hunt's going to probably be out, I think, three weeks. So, again, just reiterating the fact that you said it's something that we've never really seen before, how how this kind of changes their identity, identity in a sense, just because they don't have that – uh, probably the best running back duo in the whole NFL running for them. And now with Baker also injuring his shoulder again, I think it was the second time he's hurt that left shoulder. It's going to be interesting to see how, if he even plays this Thursday, because it's a short week for them. So, and I think they're going up against the Broncos, which isn't the toughest of opponents per se, but even still, if you don't have that, those two running backs, you're in an uncharted situation where you've never really, seeing what Baker can do without having that insurance of just handing it off to them and then just churning out yards and be on the field for so long. It's just, you're bound to wear, wear out defenses and just um, score on them easily. But now you no know, Kareem, no Chubb, and possibly no Baker. It's looking very, very worrying for the Browns, if you're a Browns fan, especially because this is the moment where you we could, we're probably going to finally see if Baker has that it factor, that kind of game-changing factor that everybody questions him for. Um, I think he's solid. I think he's okay. But, again, we've just never seen it. And with these two injuries, I'm, I don't know how long Nick Chubb's going to be out. I don't know if it's as bad as Kareem Hunt. But they probably most likely won't play this Thursday. And if Baker can go, it'll be interesting to see how he plays and how his connection, especially with Odell, is. Um, it seemed to improve this week a little bit. He kind of targeted him more, but it just hasn't been what you'd expect it to be from your top quarterback and probably best offensive weapon apart from those two running backs on the on the offensive side. Yeah, I think the problem with the Browns is that they're so top-heavy with talent when you have someone on the offensive side. We talked about it, Baker, Jarvis, Odell, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Can you name any other weapons on the on the offensive side? No, because nobody knows them. And that's the thing. When you have all five of them nursing injuries, that's concerning. That is very concerning. And you know what? I, you know, I believe in the Browns. I think they're building the right thing. And I think they're get they're gonna get back there, you know, maybe this season, depending on what ends up happening with their season. 
But that's a major concern that they're all five of their superstars on offense or just stars in general that we know of are injured or nursing injuries. And I think the, the biggest thing for the Browns is you have to think about that wide receiving core. Obviously, we all grew up with Odell Beckham, and he was one of the greatest wide receivers when he first got drafted. I mean, the man looked like a surefire Hall of Fame first ballot. No question about it. And now, I don't know if I want to – I don't know if I really can say that anymore just because he's been injured so much, and he does not look at all like he did when he played for the Giants, you know, just five, six years ago at this point now. So – that is concerning. Jarvis is the same way. I mean, hey, he's been a very capable, consistent wide receiver throughout his time in Miami and for the Browns. But again, he's also getting, I mean, he was in the same, cl same class as Odell. I mean, they're best friends, but they're getting up there. That's the thing. They're getting up there in age. Their bodies are starting to break down a little bit faster and more than, you know, maybe when they were younger. And that's the reason that Jarvis still isn't, Jarvis has played limited time. Odell has played limited time. And yes, the rate, the Brown, excuse me, the Browns are a run heavy team, run first team. That's, that's what they're known for. But when you miss your top two running backs, your number one running back duo in the entire NFL, that team cannot do anything. And that's all thing. like their defense still looks good at times. They have good talent. They still need to, they still need to draft a couple more pieces, uh, you know, to pair with Miles Garrett you know, a John Johnson, a, you know, a Grant Delpit, a Greedy Williams, you need to have more talent to go around those core because otherwise you really don't know who is there. You, I mean, you have, you don't have good linebackers to the Browns. There's, you know, you have Sione Takitaki who's good in his rookie year, but I haven't really heard his name since then. So the biggest thing for the Browns is they have to continue to draft well going into the next couple of seasons. But for right now, I think it's very concerning, like you talked about, Manny. Excuse me, Kareem Hunt's out for three weeks. Chubb has an ankle injury, which is probably the worst thing you can have as a running back. And they said they weren't going to rule him out for Thursday. But at the same time, you're playing the Broncos. Most likely a win, possibly. I mean, we don't really don't know at this point. So Chubb, they may just you know rule him out for the game and let him heal another week. And hopefully that ankle injury gets a little bit better, just manageable. And then, you know, Baker, again, he, he, he has shown glimpses of stardom and, you know, he could have been, I mean, he, she, he just shows flashes of his star potential, but then there's also times where he makes mistakes that, you know, could have been fixed in middle school, high school. So I'm concerned for the Browns, but I also feel like they have, you know, what they still have to do is continue to add to those core pieces and add, I mean, the biggest thing is, is adding more wide receivers because I respect that they're a run-heavy team, but you also have to have a capable, you know, passing attack because beyond um, Odell and Jarvis, I mean, you have what? I don't even know. Like, I really can't. I mean, they have Rashard Higgins and David Njoku, but Njoku, I, I don't think he gets extended beyond the season. So I think the Browns are in a dire state right now. And this season might end up just be chalking, might just be a fluke season. You know, Stefanski had a great first season last year. This year, maybe not as great. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. But, you know, I'll talk about it in a little bit. But this Cardinals team, they look more and more like a Super Bowl contender every single week. It's incredible how much better they got. And even with um, the Eagles deciding to trade away uh, Zach Ertz, which will forever pain me because that was one of my favorite players forever. But it was the right time. Dallas Goddard is a better is again, it's age. Zachary is much older. Dallas Goddard is younger. And he's much and he's healthier and he can pretty much do, 
you know, everything that Zach Ertz can't. So it's sad to see that, but Zach Ertz, I mean, he's going to be the tight end one in Arizona. So you add another weapon to Kyler Murray, and it's it's going to be deadly. I think the biggest thing is for the Cardinals to have to continue adding to that to that um, defense. If they're able to get maybe someone at the trade deadline, um, maybe a linebacker, maybe another safety. Hey, that's a dangerous team right there. And you ha- and again, you don't have Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, you don't have Chandler Jones, who's been one of the most underrated defensive ends, I think, in the entire NFL over the last decade or so. You miss him, but you still blow out the Browns. So Cardinals looking like Super Bowl contenders, and the Browns right now, they're in a very dire state. The Browns definitely have the pieces, but they're all injured right now. So it might just, like you said, kind of like you have to throw this year out, but it sucks because Super Bowl contending years, windows, windows are very small. In the NFL, they can fly by. And this was, a, I believe, a year where I think they were in their Super Bowl window. And it seems possibly that that might get thrown away because of bad injury luck. Sunday night football. Now, this might not be the best way to start if you're doing a uh, journalistic inverted pyramid. But where do you guys stand on Russell Wilson playing by himself before is that cool to you or not cool? I'm a, I'm on the not cool side. I think it's kind of lame and weird, but I think Russell Wilson does a Mr. Unlimited does a lot of a lot of weird stuff. But I, I want to hear yours opinion before we actually get to the game. It it was it was a strange sight to see. I mean, I I get the the whole idea behind it. Like you're hurt, you don't want to get um, behind and everything. You still want to show that you're working. You're not just doing nothing. But even still, like how much can you really do? I know. It, like those, what he was, what was he doing? Like, like footwork drills, like rolling out, not really actually doing anything with a football, but uh, I guess it kind of works. It just, for the common fan, for the common watch, I guess it shows that, like I said before, like, Hey, he's still working even though he's injured. But again, if you're like an avid football fan, I guess you're just like, that doesn't really do much. You could, he could be doing other things like actually resting. I don't know, doing stuff to help Gino out, maybe working with him definitely to, over the game plan or something but I don't know it would just seem strange to me it's just seeing him out there kind of doing like those drills that Dak, Dak's become famous for um but I don't know uh it, I didn't really pay much attention to it it would seem just kind of weird that they even showed it honestly um yeah, during the, the broadcast but I don't know I'm not totally opposed to it but at the same time it's like you could be doing something else probably I agree with that as well it's a bit of an odd sight to see him uh, but yeah, I mean, again, he is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've ever seen and will surely be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But at the same time, we love his passion. We love his dedication to the game. But at the same time, you're injured. Don't try and, you know, do all this just to, you know, hurt yourself even more. We get it. You're hurt. Rehab. Don't do any. Don't do football. Don't do nothing. Don't throw. Just rehab. Get better. Because, the he, I mean, they're going to need him. I mean, Gino, hey, Geno Smith gets his first start tonight, or one of his, what is that? I think it's his first start this season. WVU product, obviously, we're all going to want him to do well. But that's that's still going to be a tough game. It's going, it was, or what was the game, last night? or I don't know. Last night, yeah. Last night, Jesus. Yeah, I'm mixing up games. <laughs> yes, last night, he played pretty well. I think he played pretty well, but again, when you're thinking about it, Russell Wilson, first ballot Hall of Famer, Geno Smith, was thought to be a great quarterback, but he's been back, he's been a journeyman backup 
since he got drafted. So the talent level is obviously going to dip, but he's still a decent, he's still a decent enough quarterback. And honestly, I think Geno Smith should be on another team, possibly with the Broncos or any really quarterback needy team that needs like a decent QB one. And jumping into the 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 actual game, Manny, since you're our local Steelers fan, what were, what were your takeaways? End up winning in extra overtime, and the Steelers have found themselves at at 500. But is is that enough to build confidence in you? And then, what did you just think about the game in general? Yeah, I, I mean, I felt great in the first half. Um, 14 nothing up. We our defense completely kind of just shut them out. I, I mean, other than um, some place to DK Metcalf, um, that duo, him, DK, and um, Tyler Lockett, especially Tyler Lockett, really didn't do anything the whole game. So first half seemed good. Like the offense seemed to be getting some sort of prog- progression in there. They were driving up and down the field on a couple of drives. They did punt. There were some iffy throws. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're up 14 nothing at the half. And then started the second half, like they just – blitzed us and just ran I think every single play for the first two and a half drives it seemed like every play was a run and just we knew it was coming and if you didn't know it was coming I don't know why you didn't know it was coming they did it every time and then it's still just up and down the field they punched us in the mouth 14-7 it was okay I guess like you didn't expect them to get shut out but then you only get a field goal after that and then they score again and then you get another field goal and then they're like right on top of you and they're right the games even after um after three quarters and then the fourth quarter comes again still struggling on offense and the defense finally stepped up kind of forced them to pass the ball more and it's it worked it worked in their benefit they were able to stop and get some crucial sacks and just negate stop the bleeding at least somewhat for the offense to do something and after Again, they didn't score the Steelers in the second half, or other than field goals, obviously. But that big, that questionable play on the like the last nine seconds of it, um, you saw Mike Tomlin get probably as angry as I've ever seen him during the game at the refs because obviously it, they they stopped the game and reviewed if it was a catch or not. But anybody like watching the game knew it was a catch. There was no debate, so I don't know why they stopped the clock and didn't let it run out, but. I don't know. It was just you always see those boneheaded moves, I guess, by the refs at some point, some questionable calls. But yeah, and over time, it was the Seahawks got the ball and our defense bailed us out again. TJ Watt with that big sack. Um, and then when we didn't, when we just like went three and out, I thought that we were going to blow this game, honestly. I thought we were going to blow it. And again, just TJ Watt again, he was being triple teamed on that play and still managed to punch the ball and again bail us out so I don't know offensively it seems to be the same story every week you get some glimpses some good plays by Ben making some good throws to Deontay Johnson but then most of the other drives it's like either stall bad throws or just not getting really anything from the rushing attack which I think is getting a little bit better um it wasn't as bad as the first couple weeks but still you just need to improve on that and get more offensive fluidity um, especially now being at 300 and tied with the the Browns in the division that's getting closer and closer a lot more. Um, it's not over. You still got somewhat of a shot, at least to make the playoffs. So, yeah, just seeing that improvement, I think it will go a long way for, for this team. 
Yeah, you know, obviously, again, we grew up with the Steelers right around. I mean, we we knew they were always a good team. Again, they're kind of like the Chargers, but they they usually were able to get over the hump. And I necessarily don't believe, I don't really necessarily believe that anymore. I think for the Steelers, obviously, with Ben Roethlisberger hopefully retiring this season, uh, kind of you know, it's just bad for the for the Steelers. I think he's become a bit of a check. He's become a checkdown king, much like Kirk Cousins up in Minnesota. And that's all in good, but at the same time, I think he's, you know, he knows, I think all the Steelers know and the fans know, you know, it's probably time for him. I think that's, I think for the Steelers to succeed right now, when you have Juju, you have Jace Claypool, you have Najee Harris, you have Dante Johnson, you have a great, you have a great defense led by TJ Watt, who, Again, he looks like an absolute superstar, and the Steelers definitely, you know, they definitely, they got that pick right, no question. So I think for the Steelers to succeed in the next couple of seasons, they need to invest in that quarterback position. Now, this year's quarterback class is pretty good. I say Matt Corral is a good quarterback. I would also say that Sam Howell's having a pretty decent season. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, particularly noteworthy, but it's consistently good. I would, I would not say, say say the same thing for Spencer Rattler, if I'm going to be honest. I think he transfers, and we see him in the following QB, in the following draft, excuse me. I think he's had a pretty, you know, pretty poor season, and obviously everyone kind of hates him at OU, and, you know, he just needs to find somewhere else where, you know, he's not getting outmatched by a freshman quarterback, which is concerning because, you know, he's been playing – he's – been with Oklahoma for two seasons now and Caleb has hasn't played football in a year and a half before you know he played against Texas so you know that's concerning uh but yeah I would not take Spencer Rattler but it's going to be an interesting choice of do you do you get a stopgap quarterback until you find your until you're able to find a decent quarterback I think that's a very real possibility and I think you might you might want to add you know Cam Newton onto that potential list because then he adds that threat of being able being able to run almost as good as he used to be and he's a decent enough passer that he's going to be able to get the ball to his offense and I think that makes the uh, the Steelers excuse me just a little bit more dangerous but you know TJ Watt again he's he is that leader of the defense and he's going to be the leader of that defense for a very long time so I think the Steelers are in a good position but you also have to look after the season and trying to figure out who's going to be the next franchise quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger you know for the majority of his career had you know probably a Hall of Fame career, if I'm going to be completely honest. Well, that can conclude it for our recap of this week. There's a bunch of other small games, but not not a ton of influential stuff happening this week. Uh, I think it was it was an interesting week where the close games, like the, the Jags-Dolphins games, is, is it the most exciting thing to, to talk about? Well, we can talk about our our biggest surprises of this this NFL season and just what we didn't expect to happen. I think there's we we have some good ones. We all have three, and we'll we'll just go around. But we can start with one of yours, Manny. Yeah, um, the first one I'll talk about is the the a topic that we did touch on a little bit earlier with the Chargers and Ravens, and it is that of the Ravens just being. Five and one. Um, I'm not gonna say it's lucky because when you have a bunch of injuries and a lot and basically everybody doubting you to even be at this point well over 500, I won't call it lucky because just because of the fact that you were doubted and you were put at a disadvantage right from the start and you still managed to be five and one 
have one of the best records in the NFL. So again, I don't, I don't love saying it, but props to the Ravens just because they did manage to get over that so many obstacles. Um, and also just watching Lamar Jackson ever since he got drafted to the Ravens, I've watched a lot of him going up against the Steelers and just in general, um, he has progressed a lot. Again, I'll give him props for that because when he first did get drafted, that throwing ability was constantly being criticized. He never, he was always a running quarterback that could sometimes throw. He was never a quarterback that was able to throw. I mean, was able to run. So he has improved that a lot. And especially this season with really no, no real upgrades up to this point at, um, at the receiving position. I know they have Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown has looked better. Um, and Rashad, Rashad Bateman has, just played his first game, so we'll see how he develops. But he's never really had a, a great X-factor receiver, a top receiver. So to be able to have the stats he's putting up now, continuing to run the ball well and throwing and having the throwing stats as well to go along with it, it's pretty impressive, honestly, if I'm being completely honest to see that. Um, and if he keeps doing that, I don't, I don't. it seems that they'll be a very tough team to beat going forward uh, against whoever they face because of also that defense that keeps them engaged and can shut top offenses down like they just did with the Chargers. So um, this team will go as far as Lamar will take them definitely um, because he is just that game changer, can do everything um, that they want to do on offense. And he will take them as far as he goes. And whenever somebody can stop them, they will, they will face some struggles. But up till now, nobody has really – figured them out yet so um they should ride this wave as long as they can and maybe even into the playoffs would be a difficult team to, to knock out for sure yeah and I guess my surprise of this season so far has been the Cardinals I mean again that's another team that has has struggled in the past and you know hadn't had the greatest history even you know even growing up they weren't like the greatest team they're usually you know third or fourth in the NFC West they really didn't you know, try, they didn't really, you know, get anything going per se. But I think now they're a very dangerous team. I mean, you look offensively, We talk, I talked about it earlier, but now you have Kyler Murray who, you know, he's he's easily a top five. Maybe I, I'd say he's more of a top 10 quarterback, but, you know, as he, as he gets, you know, more experience and overall better and enters the prime of his career, which is scary to say, I think he's going to be a top five quarterback in the entire NFL. And I think he's just so dangerous because again, you know, we know him, he is a very good runner. He's able to break out of, you know, tough situations in the pocket, able to run outside and gain, you know, first down, maybe even longer than that, just because he's such an incredibly fast athlete. And you also take into account, he has an incredible arm strength I and mean, he's able to throw the ball, you know, 60, 70, 60, 65 yards, on point right into the numbers of, you know, pick your, pick your, pick your person. You have DeAndre Hopkins, you know, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz. Now you also have James Connor who has quit who's played well for the Steelers for the, for I think it was three or four years, excuse me, coming out of college. Again, that offense is very good. I think you still need to invest in that offensive line a little bit more just because they did have four fumbles uh, during the game against the Browns which, you know, is not, is not good at all, but they were able to fall on each of the four. So it doesn't, you know, no harm, no foul, but you do need to continue to invest in that offensive line and build it up so much that you're able to have, 
you know, one of the top offenses in the entire NFL. I think they have the they have the wide receivers, they have the running backs, they have their quarterback of the future. All you need is a good offensive line, and I think they're decent. But you can you can always add more offensive line pieces. You can trust me as an Eagles fan. They go down a dime a dozen. It happens. You need to have good backups. So I think for the Cardinals to continue having success, they need to look at drafting offensive linemen fairly high to in order to continue to succeed. And I think a defense as well, it's going to be, that's a big thing. You have to, in order to win anything in this league, you have to build out from the lines. If you don't have a good offensive line, well, you're not going to be able to practice your quarterback and it's going to be a mess. If you don't have a good defensive line, you're never going to get pressure on the quarterback and he's going to have, he is going to have all day in the pocket to throw to whoever he wants. And I think the Cardinals, they have a good defensive line, but at the same time, Chandler Jones and JJ Watt are both past their primes. I think they're still very good. They draw a lot of attention along opposing teams, offensive lines, but they're getting older. You need to infuse some new talent to that, to, you know, try and find their franchise cornerstone at defensive end. The Browns have theirs and Miles Garrett, you know, the Eagles, Never mind, the Eagles don't have one, but that's okay. You know, every team needs to have a cornerstone they can build around. You know, I think you have the offensive cornerstones you can build around, but you need that defensive cornerstones as well. And I think as you get, as those two get older, you need to find someone who's going to be the main person, who's going to draw the most attention, your star player who commands attention wherever he is on the field. Both those teams are definitely outperforming. I believe expectations. I mean, there, there's a point where I was, I was very low on the, the Ravens. And I thought possibly, you know, definitely I think they would win their division. I thought it'd be a very competitive division. It, it still is pretty competitive, but it seems like they have a very good shot of running away with it. And then on the Cardinal side, I definitely didn't think they would win their division. I thought they would be good just like every team in their division would be, but not, not the winners of their division, which it looks like at this point they, they will be if they can keep this, this hot pace going. But a, a surprise I have is the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously it's not a team that you know still has a shot, obviously, to make the playoffs at this time, just like pretty much every team does, maybe besides you know the 1-4, the 0-5 oh team. But... I just didn't expect them to make the jump this year. And it seems like they're making the jump. Obviously, their their wins are against the best teams in the world. You've got wins against the Vikings, which they're now three and three, Steelers now three and three, and Jaguars and Lions, which are not very good teams. And then you competed though with the Packers and Bears, only losing to a field goal to both those teams. So I think they've made a jump earlier than I expected. I expect them to maybe make the jump next year, but it seems like Joe Burrow is franchise QB he could possibly be one of the better QBs we see for for years down the line it seems like he's gonna and then Jamar Chase is really really impressing at this point there's a time where I mean the reports were that he couldn't catch a football and he's he seems fine so I mean I didn't expect to make this jump and here they are sitting at four and two competing not gonna pick them to make the playoffs I think they have some some tough matchups and they play in a uh, difficult division where you got to play the Browns, the Ravens and Steelers. But I think they have a chance to go 500 or above, which is definitely not what I would predict going into the season. But what, what's another surprise from you guys from, from you. 
Yeah, my second one that I wanted to talk about was definitely the the now three and three Panthers. Um, they were they were the main topic of conversation for a lot of people who saw them go three and out right off the bat. And we're starting to talk about Sam Darnold how it was it was just the system he was in. It was that was the that was what was failing him, holding him back. And now that he's in a good system, good coach, good defense, good weapons, he he's really showing what he can do. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like sit here and like um, completely like dump on them just because I still think they're a, a pretty decent, a pretty good team. I know they've lost three in a row, but if I'm not mistaken, all three of them have been without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, obviously you take away any quarterback's best weapon or any team's best player, obviously they're going to struggle. Um, I saw like a stat, I think yesterday during the game that it was that said Sam Darnold threw no interceptions with Christian McCaffrey. And then ever since he got injured, he's thrown seven. So that just goes to show the impact that he has on this team. And just not, not just on Sam Darnold, but again, the whole team, how they prepare going into a, into um, a week against another opponent and how vice versa, how an opponent prepares to just stop him and leaves kind of the other positions kind of, more open and where they could flourish. But now he's not there. A lot more pressure goes on Sam Darnold to make these throws. And I don't think that's what Sam Darnold is. He's not a guy that could just throw you out of a game and win your games like some of these other guys can. He's a guy that can't get the job done and be very solid when he's surrounded with good pieces and a good system. Um, but again, yesterday was just, I think, a little bit unlucky. Their defense didn't really show up to play like they have in the past. I know they had that block pun and everything. But overall, they gave up 571 total yards. And I don't care what defense you you are. When you give up that much, you're most likely going to lose. So I think it goes hand in hand. Like this team offensively and defensively has to show up and um, have their best stuff with them on any given day to give them a good chance of winning. And on the offensive side of the ball, they were just unlucky. They had like seven drops yesterday, which – Again, it's not on Sam Darnold. If he's making these throws and they just can't catch him, uh, I'll give him a pass for that because it was like the most they've had in like a few years now. But um, uh, on the other hand, too, you, you have these wide receivers. They're not the greatest, obviously not like top five or anything, but they are solid. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, they're not complete nobodies. They are house. There are well-known names and solid pieces that should be able to make these catches and show out when you have a quarterback like Sam Darnold. So again, three, three games, won, three games lost. You're not in the worst position in the world, but um, I don't think anybody really picked them to win that division. So if you could just stay at a steady pace going forward, I think you could be at least in a good position to sneak into the playoffs. If other things definitely fall into place, like, like they want them to. I think my surprising thing so far this season and really over this person's career is Tua, Tagavala, Tua Tagavailoa. There we go. That's the one. Um, he's not performed up to his expectations whatsoever. Uh, number five pick in a couple of years ago. He certainly not lived up to, you know, what the Dolphins thought was going to be their franchise quarterback for the next 15, 20 years, potentially. So obviously it's concerning. We saw him out of Alabama. He was a very good quarterback. But at the same time, the last good left-handed quarterback was probably Michael Vick, honestly. Michael Vick, maybe a Steve Young, but that was, you know, the late 90s. And Vick was, you know, 
you know, mid 2000s to early 2010s. So you haven't really had a good, capable, consistent left-handed quarterback. I'm not going to throw Tebow in there because he's just, you know, awful. But I think it is concerning for Tua because now the Dolphins have to really think about, you know, is Tua our guy? And right now, I don't think he is at all. You know, the Dolphins, you know, they lose to the Jaguars. You know, that's the first time the Jaguars have won in, what, 20 games, 19 games, I think was the streak, whatever. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just pitiful that the Dolphins are going to lose to a team that has probably one of the worst head coaches, the most controversial head coach in all of NFL right now. And one of the worst constructed teams I think we've ever seen. I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence and uh, Miles Jack. I think that's it, pretty much. That's pretty much the whole team right there. That's, you know, name recognized. So I think it is concerning for the Dolphins right now. They have they don't have the greatest wide receiving core. You have Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker. And that those are two good, that's two good wide receivers. But you need more than that. You also need, I mean, you just they need help all over the field. And I think the biggest thing is with that, I mean, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're never gonna make it anywhere. Um, you're never gonna make it anywhere. So I think the Dolphins have to take a, a closer look at, you know, they probably have been, but they need to really think about, you know, is it worth continuing with Tua, who, you know, has played well at times, but he has not been consistent enough and played well enough. Just consistently well enough since he was drafted as the number five pick. So I think if he continues that trend of not playing up to expectations, we could potentially see him on the move to somewhere else and then drafting someone else. Maybe not in this draft, but potentially in next in the following draft with that QB class. Definitely is surprising. And then I also just think that the Dolphins in general are are surprising. I did not expect them to be sitting at the bottom of of the NFL currently. I mean, last year or yeah, they, they make a trade, basically a cherry on top trade with, with the Eagles where you think, Hey, we're just like one or two moves away from a super, you only make those trades when you think you're about to be elite. And now they're look like they've kind of back in rebuilding stage. And I mean, you have to be happy about that, Patrick. I mean, you could get a top three, top three draft pick currently, which is, I would have never predicted that going into this season. Yeah, I think we have the number three pick or the number three pick, the eight pick and the nine pick right now, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I'm not rooting for the Dolphins or the Colts to play bad. But yes, I obviously am rooting for them to play bad because right now it looks like we're going to be able to get a couple of impact players right away. So I'm excited about that. Wentz looks on his way to a 75 percent playing time and I mean, obviously, I don't want to root for Tua to play bad, but I'm going to root for Tua to play bad in the rest of the Dolphins team. So that's the thing about the Eagles that I'm holding on to your life to at this point because I've just given up on the season so far. Uh, I think that we still need to – it's still rebuilding. You need to give it – you know, you need to give Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts some more time. You also need to add more defensive weapons. You need to replace that offensive line because Kelsey's getting older, which is scary to say because he's – I love, I mean, he's one of the best athletes I think Philadelphia has ever had. And I think, you know, Lane Johnson's getting older. Brandon Brooks is getting older. There's a lot of older players on that team. So I'm very excited about, you know, the potentially three top five, maybe top 10 picks, but also at the same time, Howie Roseman is our GM. So there's some way somehow that he's going to butcher it up one 
two or three of these picks. So we'll see how he rose into our GM, but Hey, three top 10 picks. I'm pretty excited about that. And then kind of jumping off, talking about QB play. I now, I guess it's not the biggest surprise ever in the world, but I think it's a little bit surprising to me is that we haven't had really none of the rookies are like impressing as much as past rookie QBs have. Now, some of them are in bad situations. Trevor Lawrence is doing well and whatnot. He's just in an awful situation. Zach Wilson also not in a very good situation. They have impressive moments. I think Trevor Lawrence is to me doing the best overall, but just, you can't do much with what he's got there. But I'm just kind of shocked that we don't have one or two where I'm like, yes, rookie of the year, very easy. We're like, right now, I think it's going to probably be like a Jamar Chase's rookie of the year, not a QB, which is pretty shocking. It's a QB every league, especially when we talk about awards. You're, you're going to give awards to QB since it's, they touch the ball. They make everything really happen on the offensive side when you're just a casual NFL fan. I'm just shocked we don't have any. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't done too much. Mac Jones is playing all right, but he's not wowing. It's just we don't have any wow players, which in the past we've had Kyler Murray wows, Justin Herbert wowed last year, Joe Burrow even wowed for before his injury. So I'm just kind of shocked we haven't had a QB that's kind of taken storm, uh, taken the NFL by storm. What's a, What's another surprise for you, Manny? Yeah, um, my last one is the uh, just the overall state of the AFC West that we have going right now. Um, obviously, after the Chargers got completely uh, manhandled yesterday, they, they're 4-2 now, they, but they still stand at the top of their division. Um, they're 4-2, just the same as the Raiders, who are currently in second. And then you got the Broncos and the Chiefs still in last at 3-3. Three and three. But again... Um, being three and three in that division, almost like the AFC North, it's kind of like you still have a shot. Just I know the Chargers have already beaten the uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, but it's just one or one two games back of taking the lead over that, and you never know what's gonna happen when you play against um, any of the other good teams. We saw it this past week when the Chargers just again, like I said before, got absolutely obliterated by the Ravens, and even the Chiefs struggling against the Bills. Um, last week and just being something that we haven't that we weren't prepared for so going forward I, I think I think up to this point you can kind of see how it's kind of shaping up just based on talent alone I think um, without question you can say that the Broncos even though they're third are probably talent-wise the worst team in that division by default and just by the way that um, it's set up because you have Teddy Bridgewater yeah and Corlin Sutton's nice piece you have KJ Hamler on offense, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who's looking pretty solid as a running back, but it's just not really wowing anybody, not really impressing anybody in a division where you have a lot of like defending or contending teams like the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs, of course. So um, they're just last just by default, by the circumstances that they're in. And then you get to the Chiefs and Raiders where the Chiefs find themselves in a spot where nobody would have thought they'd be in. And, Obviously, I'm going to take the Chiefs, I think, over the Raiders just because of sheer talent alone. But they kind of have played similarly in a way that they play really well in games against um, the Ravens and this past week against the Broncos, talking about the Raiders. And then you have also other times where they just struggle and it seemed like, yeah, they they haven't really changed much. This is the same old like Raiders team. 
um, they're kind of like neck and neck in that position. It, it'll just be interesting to see when they play against each other. I think that's when we'll really get to tell who's going to take hold of that second best team in that division. But up again, up to this point, I'll still give it to the Chargers as being the clear favorites to take that division just because I'm not really buying this past week, this bloop that they had against the Ravens because I think it's just one mistake. It happens. No team's going to go um, perfect the whole year and not have any not cast any doubts on anybody from anybody. So I think they're the overall favorites in this division. And probably along with the Ravens, like Patrick said before at the beginning of the show, that they're one of those teams or even the Bills. Uh, I forgot about them. One of those three teams is definitely going to get a bye. Um, and I think the Chargers have a good chance to do it if they just forget about this. We can keep moving forward. Um, they'll have a good shot at that number one seed for sure. Yeah, uh, again, my surprise, I'll go even further on the Chargers, like Manny talked about pretty broadly with the AFC West. I think they have, again, like I talked about earlier, they have a lot of talent that maybe not necessarily everyone, you know, kind of remembers. I think I was looking, you know, when they were still hiring the hiring uh, carousel over the over the offseason. You know, I, I, there was some tweets from someone that was talking about the, char the Chargers being the best team for a new head coach. I mean, they have a great GM. They're finally moved finally to SoFi Stadium, which is one of the most beautiful stadiums, you know, in all of NFL, maybe even the best one uh, besides Jerry World. But I think they have they have a lot of good talent on that offense. I think your only thing you really have to do is build out from those lines. Their offensive line is good. They have Rashawn Slager, who is an incredibly good player and has proven to be very very valuable as a rookie for Justin Justin Herbert protecting his blind side I think they have their franchise cornerstone at left tackle which is the best thing you can possibly have and I think you know you have good weapons you have Keenan now and he's getting a little bit older but he's still very capable very good wide receiver Mike Williams as well as more of your home run header um, and very he's a great wet red zone target and you know they have they have good talent Austin Eckler is also another is also another um, running back who really only got who got his job just because Melvin Gordon I think got injured or something like that along those lines and Eckler took over and never looked back and you look at that defense as well you have you have Joey Bosa who is you know has been, I wouldn't say underrated or under, I feel like he's just been more under talked about. He's one of the, I mean, he came out of Ohio state and we all saw him play. He was incredibly good and he's still incredibly good with the chargers, but I feel like he's been under talked about as one of the best, you know, linebacker, like they play a three, four, but really he's one of the four, he's really a fourth D lineman, uh, but can also drop back at drop back out into coverage. You also have Derwin James, you have Kenneth Murray. They have good players, but they don't have, I wouldn't say necessarily they have the same problem as, you know, maybe the Browns do, but they do need to add more quality pieces who aren't necessarily, maybe not like, you know, not every player is to be a superstar. I mean, that'd be great, but they need, they just need quality players at all positions of the field. And you also need to have those quality backups who, you know, much like the Browns do, much like the Browns have their situation right now. They don't really have any capable back backups at wide receiver, at running back, at quarterback. They don't have any of that. So that's the Browns mistake. That's the Browns thing. And I think the, you know, lucky enough for the Chargers, they've been very healthy this season. They really haven't had, you know, too, too many issues with people getting injured or whatever. So I think the Chargers are still a very dangerous team and will compete for one of those top seeds. And I think they win the AFC, the AFC West. 
I think going to Manny's point, the Chiefs have, I mean, the Chiefs are very concerned in what's going on with them. They have all the talent that they basically have from before, minus like Damian Williams or someone, someone along those lines. Like one of those players who maybe wasn't like, isn't like particularly great, but like is clutch in the moments that they need, you know, their players to be clutch. I think it is, it's very concerning to see the Chiefs kind of falling off this season. And maybe it's just going to be a fluke and they come back and they're a great team next year. But right now, it does not look like the season's going to end up very well for the Chiefs. And they may end up with a top 10 pick, which is scary to say because they still have, you know, the face of the NFL now in Patrick Mahomes, one of the best tight ends in the league, Travis Kelsey, a really good offensive line, a good wide receiving core, and they have a so-so defense that's going to get depleted again when you lose Tyron Matthew in this offseason just because the Chiefs are so cap-strapped. So I think at one point, at some point, you're going to have to think about that defense and improving it and maybe offloading, you know, one of your, you know, a Travis Kelsey, a Tyreek Hill, which is weird to say, but for the defense to get any better, they're not going to have cap to sign in free agency. And, you know, they might be able to draft someone, you know, they may be able to draft someone that's good, but you need a lot of help on that defense. So Chargers, I think they take the AFC West. I don't really think the Raiders or Broncos or Chiefs are going to pose any challenge. So I think the Chargers will make it a little bit farther than they do. And I think they're, as, the, as the years go on, they're going to get better and better. AFC West is definitely going to end in an interesting way. And especially since we have this time where the Chargers are overperforming expectations and also the Chiefs underperforming expectations. But final biggest surprise of the season, it's a pretty simple one. It's Trevon Diggs interceptions count. I mean, kind of just, came out of nowhere no one expected it he's he's on a streak who knows when it will end i mean probability says it'll end every next game that it should end i mean he he squeaked one in there the the last game barely against the patriots and turned out to be a pick six but man oh man that dude's way up and down it it was hilarious pick six and then it gets blown by but he's a big surprise and then i think just the the Cowboys possibly running away with the division is a, is also kind of a surprise lumped in there as well, because I thought at least someone like the football team or Eagles would be able to maybe compete with them where now it kind of seems like the Cowboys have a chance to, to be pretty easy off in that division, but that's going to, that's going to wrap it up for our week six recap and our, and our biggest surprises with Connor, Manny, and Patrick. Thank you for listening as always to First and Moose presented by U92 The Moose.